There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Doug, I, I, I have to admit to you, man, like when I first started watching Beyond the Fairway, your video clips, I was like hella inspired by your background, like your closet setup. It looks like incredible. I'm not I'm like, you're my friend. So like, I'm not purposely like gassing you up. Like, you know, this is genuine. Like this green background yeah. here literally is inspired by Doug Smith. Well, I feel so special. Where did Fresh come from? It's, it's always been there. You know, I feel like, you know, the six minutes, the real Dougie Fresh, you know, that's, I kind of just stole his moniker, I guess. I, it, 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 was, it was given to me by, you know, the homies back in KY. So that's okay. that's where. So when you were creating like so your, your first social media handles, I'm going to guess like Facebook, maybe tail end of MySpace. You're not that much older than me, but like, were you yeah, also I on, using, I was on MySpace. were you also using Fresh there? No, 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 no. It was uh back then it was solo fifteen eighteen. That was that solo. was the, 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 the handle. <laughs> solo. I was the only black guy in my high school. So Is that real? Yeah, the only real. I was the I was the only black male. Wow. I only graduate I only graduated with eighty eighty four people. Yeah, I was the only black dude. So I got there my sophomore year of high school and it was just me. So, you know, football, my, my birthday to 15, that was my basketball number. And then mm. 18 was my football number. So solo 15, 18. <laughs> I want Connor, you, you say this a lot and I love it. I want to pull on that thread a little bit. Being the only black male in your graduating class. High school. High school. As a whole. Like right. The whole, the whole everything. All classes. That's. Um, Three years. Damn. There's a lot there. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. Mm. In, in yeah, Lexington, Kentucky, I know what it's like to be the only black person in like a friend group, right? Like it's isolating. <laughs> it's, it's lonely. It's, it's, uh, you know, you're the butt of every joke. They feel like they can get away with, you know, saying some wild shit around you. And, you know, yeah. at times, you know, they, they did, you know, um, cause I didn't have, I didn't have defenses. Did you have, <laughs> did you have any of those experiences, uh, with isolation, with feeling lonely, with feeling like. Um, yeah, tokenism, I think it's it's, you know? it's 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 levels to it because you know uh, we weren't the like wealthiest family. I went to private school, but we weren't the wealthiest family. You know, when you go to private school, you got all these layers. You got yeah. you know kids on scholarship. You got the kids whose parents you know give hella money to the school or whatnot. And so you know, kids pull. Dude, my first day of private school. True story. Um, this was a kid who who showed up in a helicopter. <laughs> Like at, at Lexington day, Christian Academy, he landed. He the, landed on the football field in a helicopter. Wow! So my first day. So my my first day of, of that was private turf. school yeah. was my sophomore year of high school. This dude landed in a helicopter. Was his last name and, Lexington? Uh, so, Jesus, right? <laughs> it was close. It his was father close. was God. <laughs> uh, pretty as it relates to like Kentucky, I guess royalty. Yeah, he he, he, he was, was up there. Was up there. They, mm. They own was it Justin Thomas? The, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Justin's from Louisville, man. He's a Louisville guy. And he's like, he was like six when I was in high school. So, um, no, nah, you know, you, you kind of know your lane, man. I feel like, you know, growing up playing golf, you know, being from Kentucky, when I was in public school, I was like just unique because I played golf, mm. right? It's like when you, when you kind of transfer, you know, out and go to the white school, the blacks, were kind of like, oh, he threw us the deuces. He 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 on some George and Wheezy stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it 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 was it was isolating. Put it like that, because at at that move, I I didn't know then, but I kind of put myself in what I call cu- cultural purgatory. Right? Mm-hmm. I was I was too black, I was too white to be black, and then I was too 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 black to be white. So it was this space where, um. You know, you you were you were kind of solo, isolated. You know, that's kind of why I took on that that aim title because that's kind of how it was. It was more of a a metaphor, or what I kind of felt like. You know, because where did I fit in? Right, you got the black dude that played golf, but now I'm I'm not black enough to 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 be around the homies I grew up with, and I'm not white enough to be with with this newfound crew. And it kind of culminated for me my senior year of high school. And y'all, I don't know if y'all beep y'all show or whatever, but I'm gonna just say it. So I got called a nigga in Bible class, mm. white boy. White boys, you know, they always try to tease the word. Let me say it. Let me say it. And then I remember my senior year, this white boy said it. Like, but he said it like in a way that was wasn't like friendly, you mm. know. 
we, my, my boys back home, we call it the hard R. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Hit me with the hard R. And man, I dove over that table, man. I knocked the hell out of this dude. We, we squabbing right in the middle of Bible class because, you know, I always had to let people get away with it because I was, I was solo. I was by myself. So, it was, mm. you know, I couldn't. But I, that, that, that one day, man, that, that, was, that was all I could take. And uh, mm. he got suspended and I didn't get in trouble, which was kind of cool. It was about time, like, blackness yeah. didn't get me in trouble. Yeah. It was perfect. Wow. But, I mean, but oh, that's just a story that kind of like, you know, it, it, it's not all easy, but it's, it's not all bad either. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, I, I, I couldn't take being tested no more. Right. You know, I've been there for three years. I knew this dude's dad, you know, golf, et cetera, et cetera. And, but at that point, I was just like, you know what? You're going you're gonna to learn a lesson and I'm going to teach it to you right here in this Bible class. So we was mm. in, there, in there throwing hands. <laughs> there, there's something so um, um, my, my, my heart is swelling with pride that, that it happened in Bible class specifically for some reason. <laughs> yeah, um, Dr. Reddish's class. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. I mean, you grew up in the Bible belt, you know, uh, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to teach you things like humility, like kindness, like you yeah. know, all these, all these, you know, wonderful ideas and of all places at a Christian high school at a, in a, in a Bible class, uh, someone like wielded the most hateful thing that they could say to a black person in that class. Mm-hmm. That's just, but uh, all that aside, uh, I'm glad you retaliated the way you did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't condone violence. I, I look for the record. I don't condone violence, but let me tell you something. You, you poke a bear long enough. You're going to get bit. I'm saying, right. Uh, I'm saying and, uh, that was one of those, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where for for all these years, you know, people, it was always, let me say it, Doug, come on. And then they, you know, they rap songs and stuff and they, you know, saying the N word. And I'm just kind of like eating it. You know what I'm saying? I'm eating it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was if it was a whole if, if, if things were reversed and they were the minority, they good, no good and damn well, they wouldn't have said right. nothing. Right. Wouldn't even ask. Like, there was a certain, <laughs> they wouldn't even add it. You know, it is what it is. But. Like I said, I don't condone violence, but at the same time, you you can't you can't uh, expect somebody to be kind of like beaten up mentally for for so long and not retaliate. Right, and so that's kind of how that's kind of how that went went down. You, they taught to turn the other cheek. You didn't know my other cheek. I was hiding my fist. So um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that young man. Hope he's learned his lesson. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. That dude. He he, he a different cat. Um, <clears throat> well, thank you for sharing that. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah. I think it's real, man. I think all of us to a certain extent share that experience, I guess, depending on where you grew up, who you're around, um, being a minority is like, you know, like I said, it's isolating and those instances happen more than you think. And for those listening, you know, you're, I would guess, I would venture to say that a majority of your black friends have gone through something similar. Um, no, I think we're, definitely. you know, 2023, we're, we're here now. We, I would hope have the awareness to, you know, be sensitive to those, to those kinds of things. But this is just a, a reminder for everyone, like keep the mirrors perked. <laughs> it's one of those things to be like, people don't know what people go through, right? Like we all got a story. And I think when you, when you're approaching situations, especially new situations, you always got to be sensitive to the fact that you don't know what, what somebody's going through or you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they did to get, you know, here in, in this moment. So, you know, we got to exercise a certain level of, of tolerance, but sometimes you just got to watch your damn mouth. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, that's, it's, I think it's that simple sometimes. Yeah. Talk to me about Man of War golf course. <laughs> Man of War. That's the, that's my spot, man. That was, that was a place that, uh, that was like the only place I could play. You know, and it wasn't even a course. It was it was a driving range. So, you know, when I, growing up, I I had a I had a place to play. I had a place to have access to the game, which is more than a lot of people. So, you know, Larry Ward, Brad Bashan, the guys that that still own and around Lexington and Manor today, you know, they made sure that um, that was a place that I could I could you know work on my game and, and they had there's practice holes there so I could play and do things like that. But, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, a cornerstone, you know, in that community, you know, mm. I, I was never the black dude at, at man of war. I was the mm. golfer, you know? And I think even back then 
I think I showed enough talent and interest that people knew that their advice on swing tips, et cetera, wouldn't be wasted, mm. you know, on, on, on me. I, I think I find myself in that scenario sometimes too, where I see somebody that, that, you know, may have talent or whatever, and I won't say nothing to them. Cause it's like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time to give you information. Cause I know that you're not going to do nothing with these jewels that I've earned, you mm-hmm. know, the right to, to know. So I, I sometimes I, I won't say something, but then the flip side, I'll, I'll share it. But, you know, if you were a good golfer in Kentucky, you know, when I grew up, you played and practiced. The, the, the men's Kentucky team practiced there sometimes before they oh, had wow. their facility built. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, people would come in from all over the state and that's where you were. You know, they had a little members area that I used to sneak into. I've stole thousands of dollars of <laughs> balls and from the member area man, as you I probably, should <laughs> i probably owe much i was there so much and they didn't really mind like but there, there were things too like i did club work back then so i'm like probably 15 14 15 years old uh and i did the re-grips or i reshaft clubs or you know different things like that and then um and that's where i got my instruction you know a guy named mike pulliam kind of took me under his wing and we couldn't afford lessons that time because my dad all the money was going to high school and, you know, yeah. we had a really good golf team then. So golf team practiced there, Kentucky men's team practiced there, best juniors. I mean, you had, you know, back then you had like Nazi Muhammad would hit balls there. No uh, way. Oh, you know, dang. Tim Couch would hit balls there. So <laughs> and then you had all the horse, the horse elite, you know, it was, it was a really, really cool space, man. And, it, you know, it laid kind of the foundation for, for where I learned how to play golf, where I learned yeah. how to be. Uh, a gentleman as well. I mean, that, you know, we always talk about the game, but it's the intangibles too that you learn through golf. So mm-hmm. uh, I, owe, I owe Man of War a lot. And what was it about Man of War specifically in its fiber that made it feel like a safe space, whereas school didn't feel like that? What was it about that? I mean, school didn't, I mean, again, school didn't, school didn't feel unsafe. Like, you know what I'm saying? I still had hands, so I was still good, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> um I think Man of War, I was never the best. I was never like, I was I was decent. I was always on that decent side, you know, at that point. And, but that's where the best were, you hmm. know, so I could go yeah. and hit balls and see what it takes to get to, you know, get, uh, you know, to college to play golf or, or to what the high level guys were doing that were winning the junior events in the state and the state AMs, state opens, et cetera. And um, it was, it was, it was a competitive space. You yeah. know, I think, I think there's comfort in competition like healthy competition, you know, like somebody knew they were better than me and, but they never treated it. it they didn't treat me like that. They treated me like, okay, this little muff person, we're going to figure out how to make, make, you know, him better too. Like I'm going right. to work on this. So you should work on this. And so I'd work on that. I'd work on that. And then I'm going to go over here. You coming? And then it was always putting contests closer to the pin, chipping contests, who can land the wedge the closest distance. So it was, uh, and it was the best players, you know, back yeah. then, like, mm-hmm. you know, JB, we called him JB Holmes, they call him John Holmes. You know, he was around then and, and, you know, wow. and, and wow. other great players, you know. Yeah. So these were the guys that I was picking the brain and try to bust their ass in the little chipping games, et cetera, when I was growing up. And um, no, I guess it turned out decent. You know, I'm not, I'm not too upset kind of how things have, have uh, advanced, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, it does seem like golf is particular in that there's no better way to get better at the game than by getting your ass kicked by really good players. That's fair. <laughs> Truly. That's and if yeah, you're surrounded by the entire fair. University of Kentucky men's team, they're going to humble you very, very quickly. Um, Quick. John Holmes. Quick. <laughs> Long that's, ball ass. Yeah, well, that's why he changed his name to JB. He didn't want to be John Holmes too on the court. <laughs> a little insight right there. Henceforth <laughs> shall be referred to on this podcast as John Holmes. John Holmes. <laughs> It's also such a watering hole and such a an area for connection. And I'm wondering if you have a take or can describe where golf's connective tissue comes from. Why do you think golf is such a place that brings people together that other arenas don't tend to? Man, that's 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 a that's a deep question. It can go that's got a lot of like tributaries that they, that, that answer could take. I think yeah. um I think initially, regardless, race, color, creed, background, uh, religion, everybody's trying to do the same thing. They want to master this this dumbass game that, you know, I, I love the expression that golf is the only game you can't win. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. such a powerful statement to me. Like you'll never win 
at this game ever. You know, you're always measuring how you played that day or versus how you you know were or could be. And I think that siege is connective. I think, you know, I look at Drew and Connor and Brad and it's like, we all trying to get better. Like, we just talk about golf, not like our aspirations through the game, just the golf. Right. You gonna hit, we all going to go to the driving range. We all going to try to hit balls, to hit it straighter or to curve it the same every time or to hit the you know gain more distance i think in that that quest for golf supremacy i think we all have it to some degree and i think that is the fabric that we're all connected by um (laughs) is the pursuit to get better and i also believe wholeheartedly regardless of your talent level everybody experiences what everybody else experiences via the intro level of golf it may come at different ages and stages, right? but at the end of the day, I've been, Drew, where you are. Connor, I've been where you are. Bradford, I've been where you are. Like We played golf with Brad out in Tulsa, and he had the shanks. Nobody made sure fun did. of him. I sure we just, we've been, I've been there. I know what it's like. <laughs> I like, you know to what bring I'm it up on the record. God. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Damn. There's, there's <laughs> video proof happened? at this point. Got it's it. Okay. There is proof. <laughs> Got him. There is proof. But the thing is, my, th- my but my, my I'm saying that to say it. It's like, yeah, could we have roasted B that day? Absolutely, could have roasted his ass. But it, it, I've been there. Yeah, I know how to overcome it. You know, and I think those are the things that that bring um, this community together. Now, you know, you talk about you know diversity and racism and those things like we did earlier. You know, through my experiences in my high school. But as it relates to golf, I've never been discriminated against. The people. Yes, but the mm. game mm. never, not once, not one time has that ball looked up to me and said, "Hey, what's your credit score?" Cause right. like, <laughs> yeah. not one time, not one time have, have have has that happened. And I think, you know, golf don't judge. You know, we judge, we people judge, but the game don't judge. Mm-hmm. And um, I think overall, it's it it's those things that make golf. Look, you can be, you can be the scariest dude on the block. You know, whatever scary is to you. To some people, it's huge people with tattoos on their face, etc. But if you're good at golf, you can walk anywhere in the world and any golf course, any club, and you're going to be treated with, with the highest level of respect. Maybe not initially. Maybe after they see you play a couple times and hit warm up on the range, you're going to get you'll get your respect at some point during that day. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's connective tissue, man. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah, the game the game doesn't know what you look like, what you sound like, who you pray to. Yeah. I also like there's there's something so human and sad about like the the reason that the connective tissue there is that we're infallible and that we can't ever get to this thing. We can't beat it. I like that's I haven't I haven't heard it put that way before. So I like that a lot. I'm glad I could bring a little value here. You know. <laughs> hey, we're I'm glad. Uh, just, just a little, a taste, just a little splash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? Speak, speaking of connective tissue, when we met for the first time in person, Doug, the only time in person, it was at Lock LaBelle, and you were with Will shooting something for Golf Channel, I believe. I got to say, it was, it was powerful getting to meet the both of you and seeing each of you talk about each other and share love with each other because I think... That's such a core value of this show is the relationship that Bradford, Drew, and I share with each other. And the fact that we're able to put that on display, three men platonically loving on each other, is something that golf doesn't necessarily get to see all the time. But I saw it in person with you and Will. And so, A, I wanted to give you your flowers for like being vulnerable and open to That's kind. I appreciate it. to sharing that with a stranger, but also give you the opportunity to share what that partnership and what that connection has meant for you in your career. I mean, look, how do you start the, the me and Will? <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've, we've shared the story on different step bases. And um, so let's wind it back. In 2011, I met Will. I was going out to an APGA event out at Chester, Washington, there in LA. Bradford knows it well. Um, I knew Kevin Lyles, who he was playing with, a guy from from the Carolinas as well. And, and you know, we were about to play a practice round. I got paired with them and I got paired with Will. And um, I don't remember if he'd already done big break or not. I don't I don't remember. Uh, it was 2011, I want to say. And we played 18 holes together, man. It was my first time on the West Coast back then. And 
Now, I wanted to see LA, right? I wanted to go to the Griffith Observatory and, and see Hollywood Square. I, you know, I'm a kid from KY, man. So it was my first time <laughs> out there left coasting it. So when I was we were doing around, we were talking about, you know, seeing the sights and and if you don't know Will, Will is the most prepared, underprepared person that you'll ever meet. <laughs> so um, I told him, I was like, look, man, I, I, I got a car. I got, I had a, had a hotel suite. My cousin hooked it up. Shout out to my, to Tayshawn Prince for, for hooking that up for me back then. And, and uh, we, we, when we left the golf course, he was like, hey, I'm going to roll with you, man. I want to go see some of the stuff, blah, blah. So we're leaving the course, and there was a home-going celebration for a crip because <laughs> the clubhouse doubles as a uh, as a community center. At Chester, and Washington, so, right? At Chester, Washington, yeah. right. So we leaving, and if you've ever been to Chester, Washington, there's like a 300-yard driveway to get to Northern Avenue right there, Western Parkway. I forget which one it is. So there's all these crips, like – like it was, it was a, Will says a sea of blue it, and it was, it was probably 300, 300 Crips. I'm talking about with the blue Dickies on, it looked like a documentary special, right? And <laughs> you can see they had, the, they had their shit tucked and me and Will kind of, I was like, yo man, don't, I had, I went 10 and two on the steering wheel. Cause I'm like this. I said, I told Will, I said, Hey man, just look straight. Just, just look straight. Mm. And, um, it was the longest, like four minutes to get and you know how brad like it took us like four minutes to get from the parking lot to the light yeah like that's a long time yeah bro like <laughs> and uh you know once we got to the light we started hooting and hollering. man i would have messed them up man I didn't want none of these problems not, not, not. <laughs> yelling cuz and shit like didn't know what was cracking but you know and and nothing will bond you like either being drunk together, being high together, or feeling like you're about to die. Like, when you have any of those types of things, <laughs> yeah, true. that's a bonding-ass experience. Yeah. And, um, wow. you know, but in, in the same vein, yeah, we got connected, but, you know, we also had a fallout. You know, a lot of people don't know that Will and I fell out for, like, two or three years. Oh, wow. And uh, I, hmm. I got asked to do some APGA stuff at Anthony Anderson's event in 2019, right when I moved to Arizona. And Anthony or uh, and Chris Spencer was playing. Chris Spencer walked up to me, who's really close with Will. He said, "Hey man, you and Will need to fix y'all shit, straight up, straight like that." He said, "Y'all gonna need each other one day." Like on some prophetic randomness. Mm. And he basically called Chris cussed me up and down. He called me every name in the book on some get your stuff together. Y'all gonna need and you know it's an old head to me at the time. I'm like, get out of here, Chris, man, celebrity ass. I called Will that night. As a matter of fact. I called him. I was like, hey, man, look, man, my fault. Apologize. We don't even know what we was mad at, to be honest with you. That's how long we have been mad. You know, you ever be mad at somebody and then forget why you mad, but you still oh, yeah. keep the front like, oh, man, you know what? F y'all. So we had gotten to that point where we didn't know why we were mad at each other. And um, long story short, I'm, Chris was right. You know, he in, you know, Will pitched Beyond the Fairway. He actually pitched it as a three-voice podcast with, with a female voice and another male voice. And um uh, lucky for me that didn't go through and will i was doing birdies not bs with cheyenne uh cheyenne woods and um or should i say cheyenne woods hicks now mm. will didn't know that I, if i would be available to do another show and long story short we ended up doing it uh he called me was like hey we need to record something and i was like look let's just record an episode of birdies not bs i'll host it you whatever and then we'll figure out what it happens so literally after he called me about the opportunity, we recorded an episode. I put it out just because I wanted an episode. Y'all know how it is, podcast, and it's mm -hmm. like herding sheep mm -hmm. trying to get yep. guests and whatnot. Yeah. So yep. um, we put that out, man. They liked it, and, and now we're 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 on the cusp of uh, season three of Beyond the Fairway Golf Channel, NBC Sports. So it's man. you know, Will is Will is 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 a is a thinker. He's a he's a is a deep thinker. He's looking to connect every facet of golf. And that's kind of one of the things that I think gets understated with Will because, you know, we, we always see him joke and have a good time, but he cares so much about, you know, the junior golf space and, and black and brown kids having access. Mm -hmm. uh, you see his work with the underrated tour. You, you see he has the show on Golf Pass. A lot of people, that it's behind a paywall, but his show is free and I'm plugging it, home course advantage. Mm -hmm. Will is moving, man. You know, he's working on a movie. He's working on shows. He's, He's talent. He's broadcasting on ESPN. Yeah. Like he's he's doing a lot of things, man. And and I just hope a lot of people, you know, just don't see him for the fun loving guy, but the the worker and the the mm -hmm. diligent 
uh, purposeful moves that he's trying to make in the game, man. So um, I love that dude, and he he he's inspiring. And and for him to call and to think of me to come on this ride, I mean, look, we'll change my life. Like like I I can't stress, mm. I can't stress that enough. We'll, that phone call he gave me, the conversation with Chris, all of this stuff has put me in a position to to feed my kid in, in a way that I didn't actually think was possible. So right. I owe I owe Will. Um, a, a lot of credit, and um, you talk about giving flowers. Will Will needs his flowers from all of us. Yeah, mm. that's beautiful. I'm not used to like a group of dudes saying that. By the way, it's beautiful. Like what? Like huh? <laughs> Welcome to group call therapy. Say that's dope or something, yeah. right? And then <laughs> you're, on, you're on the couch today, man. Right. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was about to. I, I put this in just for today. Bam! The couch. Oh, I love like, it. I thought <laughs> it was going to be on the couch too. Mm. You know what I'm it saying? I, I was prepared to be on the couch. I echo all those things that you said about Will and how fortunate am I to call the both of you friends and mentors. Like I, I learn a lot from the both of you. It's it's rare. Well, you're welcome. Damn it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Pay me. laughs> Love you too. Doug. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it is uh, a, a rare and important thing for the two of you to be moving the way that you are. 2020, I was looking, searching, begging for representation, for people that I could watch on television, for people that I could listen to, for people that I could relate to in the golf space. And I found the both of you. And by virtue of that, I can feed my dog. <laughs> just just from <laughs> listening, just from watching, just from engaging with you. I picked up so many gems from you before ever having met you before ever having sent that first dm you know um that's crazy so it is you you never know the ripple effects yeah and i think we all you know have have that or, or similar stories to some degree man i mean like I, earlier this year i was doing an interview and i'm not trying to flex at all um i was interviewing tony Finau post round at rocket mortgage and i look over my shoulder and mike Tarico is watching me give this interview and I'm just like, oh my God, fuck it. damn it, Mike. Mike's like, Dougie. I'm like, what's up, man? He's just like, look, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You could have done this. You didn't do this. All right, bye. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Great. Got him. Great. Just, awesome. just got notes from Mike Tarico in the flesh. No, yeah, but it, like Mike is, Mike is the best dude, but he, he's, 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 I won't say he's strict. But when he speaks, because he's Mike Tarico, there's a level of like yeah. vibrato to it. Mm -hmm. You listen, like, yeah. He ripped my interview apart. And uh, <laughs> but my, my my point is, I'm saying that it's dope to hear that from Bradford because it 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 still it, it still happens, right? I never yeah. I never would would think that that somebody would would take some words I say because as much shit as I talk. Uh, you know, to heart or whatever. But then, like, I I, I had that moment from Tarico, so I'm just saying I appreciate those words Bradford because I, I I'm in the same boat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Man. Like, so that's dope to hear. Can we just pause for a second and appreciate the growth that you, you just, you just, you showered that back on me. You were talking about, yeah, it's rare. I see three dudes talking about, you know, loving on each other and you just did, you just did it. <laughs> that's growth. I love this. <laughs> Y'all, when I talk to right, Doug, cue the applause and yeah. post, cue the applause and yeah. post. When I when I talk to Doug on the phone, like the gloves are off, like everything flies, like it is, it, it we're moving a hundred miles per hour on the phone, and it is rare that I get a chance to like slow you down and be like, bro, I love you, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate. I'm, it, man. I'm it's, putting it's a mutual. pin in this back. and and savoring this. <laughs> Because this is a version of Doug I've wanted for so long. <laughs> so therapy works, people. Therapy works. And uh, now, if you go to betterhelp.com slash GGT, <laughs> you can get 20% off of your first, 10% off of your first month of therapy, courtesy of the shrinks. Now back to you, Doug. <laughs> Wow. Well, like a good toss though, B. That was Damn. that was a fantastic toss. <laughs> what impressed by the by the way transition you transition guy. Okay, Roan, it's like throne, but without a T and you switch the R and the H. Roan. Um 
really comfortable clothing. So I was just down at the Arnold Palmer Invitational down in Orlando for about a week. It was so damn hot. Like I, my, my pasty New York City soft skin didn't do so well in the humidity down there. I felt like a swamp creature after a couple days. But what I will say helped a lot genuinely was the Roan commuter shirt. It was a dress shirt. I was down there like walking around managing a little film crew for 13 hours a day for five days straight. And the sun was not kind to me down there. But what was kind to me was the Roan commuter dress shirt. It was stretchy, four-way fabric, super breathable. I had to look presentable, you know, like I was at a golf tournament, but I certainly didn't want to look as though I was ready to play in the golf tournament. So this dress shirt from Roan, the commuter shirt, gave me an elevated look, but I also didn't feel burdened by lumbersome heavy cotton. You know, that feeling, oh, that feeling when you're sweaty in a heavy cotton dress shirt, that's worse. That's a straight jacket. That's a bad feeling. This opposite. So if you head to roan.com slash GGT and use promo code GGT, you can save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash GGT and use code GGT. I'm telling you, get out of the straitjacket and into the Roan commuter shirt. I think the great thing about our show is that we all, it, it ebbs and flows, and, um, and Connor's the smartest guy of the show, so we let him lead off. Um, Brad's the warm hug that, that brings everyone together. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just here, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, you know, just bring, bring the face. I'm bringing along the, the, I'm bringing up the, I'm bringing up the rear, you know, I'm the closer. Oh, I understand. I'm just making sure I understand the, the therapy, you know, the session that I'm in right now. I'm okay. Good. That's true. I mean, let's, let's, let's dig into it though, Doug. I mean, I know, so I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a father as well. I know uh, you're, you're also on team dad. How has, uh, how has bringing life into this world changed your view on golf or has it so look i got a two-year-old shout out to rincy fresh that's what i call him people actually thought his name was rincy fresh like you named your son fresh i was like no i didn't i didn't name my son rincy fresh his name is rincy maximiliano um oh that's strong that's mexican hard. name that's, that's beautiful for my wife yeah maximiliano that's um, strong it's funny that you asked the question because after he was born my wife gave me a hall pass to play in a golf tournament I don't know if hall pass was the right word to use right there, but I'm going to I'm gonna like stick it. with it with it's, confidence. It's there, yeah. I'm going to keep it's it there. Because yeah. it's, you know, golf, when you get married with kids, it is like you cheating on your wife. Let's just be honest <laughs> with you. So the, yeah. I had my golf hall pass to play in a, in a section event here in the southwest section of the PGA. And and I went out and I shot like, I hadn't touched a club, I had a baby, I hadn't slept. And I shot like 66, like six Ooh. deep. And I was like, what the hell Just is going no on with rest. this round of golf? Yeah. No. Then I got some then I got some bad advice from a tour player was like, go out and make pars tomorrow. I had like a four shot lead and I hadn't played with a lead in so long. And then it, tour players like, go out and make pars and make them catch you. Well, I got caught and beat in the playoff. Mm-hmm. So bad advice. Mm-hmm. Um I shot even though. I shot even the second day. I should have shot so you, uh, you're coachable. You you follow follow direction well. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> So I shot six under that event and I played another event and I shot like four under for uh, two days. And I was, I had to stop and think like, what the hell, how am I a better golfer with less practice, with less preparation? I'm just out here free balling. Just no bad habits. I've come to the conclusion that when you do have a child, so much of your attention and focus goes there that golf no longer becomes this battleground. It becomes this safe place of, of, of either, you know, time with the boys or like golf competition is my drug. Like People are like, let's go play golf. No, I don't want to go play golf. I want to play in tournaments. Mm. I'm not a, I, I will shoot 85 if we all went and played golf right now. And you guys be like, this dude sucks. <laughs> Tournament comes, I'm going to shoot a couple under. But the cool part about being a dad is that some of the worries that I think I allow the world to stay with me in the game, like now they're not there when I go play because I have so many other things to do and worry about through being a dad. I got to make sure little homie eats. I got to make sure he got some draws on. I got to make sure I'm potty training right now, which is, the, uh, that is Oof. annoying as hell. Um, War zone. You know, so when I do get to the course, it's like, <sighs> let's play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, I've been playing better through, through that, that, awakening i guess you could say that golf is a place where i let my hair down now that i got so many other responsibilities right. and uh 
it, it's I've got I've become a better golfer, but I've also gotten selfish, guys. Like, let's just be let's let's keep. So I don't know if y'all saw I posted my son's swing recently. I got a little left handed swinger and he's knocking the hell out of it. He's two years old and he's hitting like like he's hitting it like 20 yards with a driver. It's yeah. nuts. And I never could have. I thank God for it because it's dope. But now I'm upset because I'm like, you know what? Now I'm going to have to share my space with this little MF as he grows up. And yeah. honestly, on some selfishness, I don't know if I want my kid to play golf. That's where I'm mm. at right now today as we mm. talk here mm. on, on on Insurrection Day. Yeah. Happy Insurrection Day. Oh, God. We made where it. Where were you on January um, 6th? I was group golf therapy. That's where I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's your alibi. This is all of our alibis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, look, and let's be real. I, am I making money? Absolutely. But I'm not making country club money. Mm. And I'm not making, I, I'm not making enough money to support my son in junior golf at this moment mm. right so there's a lot of anxiety that i have there's a buzzword for you guys i have a lot there of anxiety go. about raising my son in golf especially in scottsdale phoenix arizona mm-hmm. you know the, the you know if, look are there courses to play for the low absolutely but i've gotten kind of snooty in this broadcast space i don't want to sure. go play scruffy muni i want to play mid-tier country club there's, that doesn't exist here, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're in Wisconsin in the Midwest, you can go find a five thousand dollar initiation place and pay three ninety a month with a thousand dollar food minimum, and you can be a country club member. <laughs> Not in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. It's 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 almost two hundred dollars around at Papago. Papago today. Had some homies come in town. We all know Papago. It's I wouldn't call it a muni. It's it's you know public course. Papago is one hundred and thirty seven dollars eighteen holes right now, and it's like. Wait, so if I want to go play golf with my son, I've got to spend almost $300 with oh. F&B mm. to have a day, to have a day with my child on a 18 holes. And oh. look, Mountain Shadows, prominent par three golf course, par three, 18 holes, $97 today mm. to play, to play golf, to play a par three. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, no, if I want to go play a par three course with my son, now it's two. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's why yeah. So when we when we talk about, you know, being a parent, like, yeah, I'm excited to see my kid, you know, enjoy the game. And he's learned when I wear a PGA Tour logo, he's PGA Tour. He, you know, he he watches golf and he loves Tony Finau. And it's cool to see Tony. We'll be like, Tony. And we're like, well, yes, he's the brown one. That's exactly that's Tony. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, um, but I, I, I will say there's a, there's a certain level of anxiety when it comes to if this sticks with my son is it how am i going to do this here yeah like am i am i going to have to be one of those parents that move to so their kid can play golf etc cetera, etc cetera? I, I don't know and i think that's that's one of the things that kind of noodles in the back of my head you know because hell i'm trying to get the i'm just trying to get to the course right now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get away from you know take my time right so i don't know i haven't i haven't concluded that but i mean shit i mean write it some, into one of your something upcoming we gotta think contracts about. Give me a little uh, <laughs> little junior golf clinic included. Uh, we'll see, but I think that, but that I think that's a real concern for for new parents that love the game um, that aren't blessed with you know levels of affluence. It's how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. And look, yeah, they can go chip and putt, and I can pay eight dollars at a range, and he can grow up like I grew up. Yeah, turned out okay. I'm not saying it did, but you know, you look at the the special the the how specialized kids are getting in, in the game so young. Yeah. And if you don't have access at a certain level, I mean, look, I've seen it. I saw 11 year old with a track band. Mm. Like, mm. Oh. Mm. that's, that's, mm. that kind of what? hurts, honestly. That in, his, hurts. in his drawstring bag. Like, you know, yeah. there's, there is a <laughs> the launch shoe, monitor. The bag. <laughs> look, there, right, right. Here, get this. There's a, there's a launch monitor company right now. I'm not going to call anybody out. They have a promotion going on for one of their units. That if you have a child, you can get it for 50% off. Mandy. Good marketing. <laughs> Maybe. Now. <laughs> but, I'm, but, but that's the point. It's the, it, they're aiming at these younger and younger kids having personal launch monitor devices. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's a business strategy. It's a that good is. one because there's those, you know, those parents that'll pay everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm, shit, I'm trying to get one for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's just, I think there's a lot around junior golf uh, that gives me anxiety as it relates to being a new father. And 
uh, we'll, something that we'll, you know, Drew, we'll have to continue to talk about. No doubt. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it, we're going to get updates throughout the years. It, uh, it, it go. I mean, it goes. It goes with with all of the the you know marketing initiatives of growing the game and and all the things that we talk about all the time behind the scenes over the past you know few years. It's like we're trying to get new people into the game, and and a lot of them are children, they're kids, and and especially even you know, it's it's refreshing. Well, not refreshing. It's it's kind of frustrating hearing someone like yourself who is deeply ingrained in the golf space that works in the golf space that has has made a living doing that that is that is concerned about having your own son be able to have access to the game you know what does that mean for someone in you know iowa or in the middle of nowhere that has they're not a part of the golf conversation they've never picked up a club but their kid wants to play golf how do they how do they get there you know that's uh that's a huge concern yeah yeah it's it's gonna be interesting golf Golf is so focused on making sure the tour players are happy, but at mm. the same time, we got to make sure that these, you know, younger and younger folks are are into the game and become fans to to di- ingest the product. Right. You know, I think that's the focus to put out a good product. But as we life continues, are there going to be those folks that are are spending the money and going to tournaments and and going to green grass facilities? Are we going to see more Top Golf? And people go on to, to non-traditional golf avenues and just light, lighted driving ranges, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, like that lighted. That's where my that's that's the one word where my accent comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, lighted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <so that K-A. laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you know, you're seeing the pop strokes and the caddy sh- or the putt worlds and the uh, putt shack. That's going to be more putt like shack. a club. Y'all should look these up. It's, but, it's you know, like it's a club, it, it's, did you say? It's it's like Top Golf meets a nightclub from what that I'm hearing. Dangerous. We got one going up here in Scottsdale. <laughs> so it's like Top Golf meets high end mini golf. Got Whoa. it. Got it. So, okay. But with stilettos and you know, <laughs> like I said, it sounds right. dangerous. Shit, I might okay, have, I, I might have to get my stilettos out. It right. Sounds fun. <laughs> so, so Connor did have a sounds like some Scottsdale. So we shit. can we can make it happen. I've been wanting to ask you this since the since the day you posted this photo. Um, there's a photo that you posted on your Instagram of you and your dad sitting in a golf cart at Valhalla. What was the vibe on the course that day? What conversations were you and your dad having? And, oh, um, what, yeah. What's, what's dad giving you for golf in the golf space? Well, this, this is going to take a turn that you're not ready for. So this is preface all this. We're prepared for everything. <laughs> So it was at that time, I think that was two years ago. Look, it, when you're from Kentucky, Valhalla is Augusta. You know, it's 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 a shining light. And after my mom passed in 09, dad got remarried a couple years ago and moved from, I'm from Versailles, Kentucky, not Versailles, same spelling, but I'm from Versailles. <laughs> and it's just outside of Lexington. And my dad had moved to Louisville and um, APGA had an event in Valhalla. And, you know, when I played at Louisville, that was one of the courses that we had access to. But my dad had never dad's only been there once. That was the Friday of the 2000 PGA Championship when when Tiger eventually beat Bob May in that playoff. Um, So that was the first time that my dad and I had been on a golf course together since I was a kid, you know, since I was like playing playing collegiately. So it'd been, you know, 10 years since I had pops see me play golf and um you know, since then, you know, my dad's now a double amputee from diabetes. So he he's he's he he's had both legs cut about four inches below his knee. Uh, that day, that week, he had been diagnosed with uh, early onset dementia. At that time, now, fast forward two years later, he is fully diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It's seventy. Mm. He'll be seventy three this year. So that was like the last time I was on the course with my dad and, it, and likely Brad that'll be the last time that is the last time I'll be with my dad walking normal mm-hmm. on a golf course um and you know so uh I don't remember it was a practice round so I was you know more concerned about getting ready for the golf course and the tournament championship uh, I don't remember what we talked about um my dad didn't leave the cart that day because he he had a he had a dying leg like that's, you know, my dad's a, a type two diabetic and uh, it got, that's how bad it got, you know, over time. And uh, that was, he was in the cart because he couldn't walk around with me. So 
Um, you know, it's just one of those days that, that you're thankful for when you look back at it. And I appreciate the question because, you know, I think we all have moments where we kind of glance over or glaze over and that, mm. you know, being asked about it and thinking through it, that's like the last time I'll, and it's a good damn course to be on if that's mm. going to be it for me mm. and pops. That's a for good real. course to finish it on. Um, but I, I also think it represented like a, uh, a culmination of a career there in the state. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we grew up, on driving range and and thinking about the day we're going to get to Valhalla and, you know, being able to play a tournament there, have them there for the practice round. Um, mm-hmm. That was, that was cool, man. It, it, it mattered. Yeah. I think that's the better way to, that that's cool as the horrible way to end that sentence. It mattered. Well, <laughs> what, what struck me, not, not only because the resemblance, but it's rare that you, you know, post selfies, you know, that that's not really <laughs> your, your, your feed isn't va- for vanity sake. And no. it wasn't, you know, produced, it wasn't manufactured. It was a simple photograph, two of you plainly looking to camera, savoring this moment. And that's my dad's smile, by the way. That's his, <laughs> that's how he smiled. <laughs> I, I know, I know black men to smile like that. It's like, this is all you get. <laughs> that's the camera. That's okay. It. <laughs> um it was such a it was such a proud photo though yeah it was like pride exactly when you grow up in an era er, era you know there's certain especially with black people there's certain things that that are closed off to you like had my dad played golf he would have never been able to play valhalla um you know i've, I've integrated two golf courses in my in my life like how about that mm. i've integrated two courses whoa and um mm. you know it, it was a it was a moment in time that i kind of felt needed to be saved you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah good eye actually because i you know i haven't i hadn't thought that much about it i've, I've thought about it since the day we met <laughs> to be completely honest like that it, it it stood out to me that much um so thank you for sharing that um yeah. mm-hmm. thanks for noticing therapy here yeah um I'm already feeling lighter Good, good. I love because we're about. I love that. <laughs> we're about to we're about to lighten it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor, you want to kick off the meat and potatoes questions? Sure. Let's go. Let's dive in with a a GGT house favorite. Doug, what yeah. are some of your favorite golf smells? I was so hoping you'd ask me that. <laughs> favorite golf smell? I'll give you two. First one, when you get to the course in the Midwest. And it's early, and you have that mix of dew and freshly cut grass. Oh, mm-hmm. mm. That is, that is, that's a special one. Mm. That's a special one. And then there's the smell of where I'm from. Was that you get that waft of the the turn hot dog, mm. and you're mm-hmm. like on like seven, mm-hmm. and then all you can think about all of eight, all of nine <laughs> is stopping yeah. to get that damn dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are those are two that those will live in infamy for me. Those are. It's the grass, though. Like I feel like when you smell that grass at six forty-five in the morning, there's something that wakes. It's there's there's an effervescence to it, right? It, it wakes you up. You get ready to play golf. And yeah, better than that's, caffeine. It's like, it, yeah, you, it's better than caffeine. You know what time it's it is than, when that's happening? Yeah. Tea. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and you don't get, but you, but it has to. There's a certain block where you get that smell. Yes, it's mm. it's, it's, it, it's like seven thirty. It dissipates. It's gone. Right. You yeah. don't get it. When the sun so comes up, so if you get to the course, high. exactly yeah. mm-hmm. right there, right, right when you can still see the the dew line of your putts on the putting mm. green. Oh man, it's mm-hmm. special. I'll, I'll take that over golden hour any day. Yo, no high key. No, no, no question. High no key. Question. It's been a minute since I've had a, I, a dewy putt roll. Yeah, yeah, for really? sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'll drink to yeah. that. You never. I like playing um, like third tee time. Off the day, not the first tee time, because I like to get the dew lines that show me which way the putts move. <laughs> okay, little, okay. Little, little cheat code, yeah. Right, a, ca- ca- a caddy hack right there. Right, that's a caddy mm-hmm. hack. Wow, um, third tee time. I agree. Mm. Follow, follow up question: What's the? Uh, how do you take your turn, dog? Depends on where you are. Okay, uh, I'm I'm a relish ketchup and mustard cat. You know okay. what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a relish ketchup mustard cat. You know, you gotta have. A, I I don't know if I could eat a hot dog without relish. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some like P 
piece of Chicago somewhere. It's a Chicago in me. Yeah, yeah, it's Midwest. Yeah. There's no, there's no Chicago. <laughs> Don't they just do put like a straight up slab dill pickle on it's their a pot? Pickle. Yeah, just a pickle, pickle, yeah. a spear, yeah. Yeah. Whole, yeah. yeah, full yeah. pickle. Yeah, that's I'm calling it relish. But yeah, that's that's me right there. The, yeah. No mustard. Though, I know it's the more, more 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 ketchup than mustard though. Like, mm, yeah, you know, if, if it's a squirt bottle, I usually do like three lines of ketchup and right. one line one of mustard. Line of mustard. I love okay. that. That's yeah. a good ratio. I like that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like three. To one. I know it's the same three food, but something about relish feels better to me than a spear than a pickle. There's yeah, just a, yeah. I feel like a yeah. crowd. It's gonna crowd. I've my got mouth. Tech, I've got. I'm a texture person. I got texture issues with a lot of food, okay. so I'm not a big custard guy. So it's like I, I feel like the 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 whole dill pickle gives me too much crunch yeah. as it relates to the overall experience mm. of a hot dog. Mm-hmm. There's okay. too much crunch. I need like little like flavor crisply crunches, which is why. Yeah, give me the relish. The relish, relish. is it, the relish. It, it's, yeah. it's a it's a medium. It's, it's packaged yeah. for that. Yeah, the happy medium. This might this actually might be this food talk might be a good segue, Drew. Yeah. If you want to hit the uh, the next one. Oh yeah, I love it, Doug. You've you've just won. You become a member at your your local country club. You you know you. Beyond the Fairway hit, uh, you know, maybe streaming, and then you, you got a, a mini series, a movie, so you got some some Hollywood, speak, you got some, speak that, you got some Hollywood that. bread, you know, in, in your in your pocket. You're at, you're at the country club. You won the the country club championship, the members championship, member guest, and they're hosting the dinner in your honor the next year. What is on your champions dinner? And it can be any food from any person can can make it from any time. Wow. You know, it's funny. We we actually had a, a champions dinner conversation on on our podcast, and I was a little snooty with it. But <laughs> you know, I was like Chilean sea bass with a something glaze. Like I had it all. I did a whole menu Why and posted not? it, and then I got in trouble for using the the master's text. It was crazy. Oh, so we had to take it down. Oh, but wait, do you get a cease wow. and desist? You get a C and D from Augusta? not like. A, no, 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 no. Oh, it was more. Was NBC, like, it was NBC. NBC was like, mm, they were like, yeah, we can't uh, use that. Uh, Be- better not. Yeah, maybe better not do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's funny with. with I, I have a really cool, I think, relationship with food. It's like I know what I want when I want it. And so, like, mm-hmm. planning meals, it drives my wife crazy because it's like, I could be like, oh man, I want a Chateaubriand right now. And she'd be like, really? That's what, I just cooked all right. this over here, and you want yeah, yeah, yeah. an $80 steak? Yeah, I do. Um, or I could be like, or I could just go to the gas station and get a hot dog. I do that quite often. Um, so, honestly, I think if you ask me today, I, it would be El Hombre Tacos Whoa. and a churro truck Ooh. right beside how the El Hombre is prepared. And I want corn tortillas, not the flour. Okay. Keep it all the way 100 and I want Hamica out there. This is today. So you ask me tomorrow, you're gonna get a whole different situation. Yeah, no, I want Hamica. I want full, I want full out like Mexican alambre right now. That's like for me, I actually might go find that for lunch when we conclude. Yeah, my, because that's where I'm that's where my mind is in this moment. And you know, the alambre is for people that aren't very like decisive. Cause it's also, you know, it's chorizo, it's beef, it's chicken, it's you know, if you want to put pork in the alambre, you can do it. It's it's a it's a culmination. It's a cornucopia of flavors. Oh, and it's for the people it. that can't choose. Mm, cornucopia and that's, is one of my um, favorite words. Thank you. You know what? I have one too. It's actually totalitarianism. Not what it means, just the word itself. <laughs> totalitarianism. Like Douglas just, it, Fresh, it, what, it's, big totali- totalitarianist. I'm not, yeah. but I like the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite word it really is you know you're talking about favorites that's my favorite word but yeah as of today if i had a champion's dinner we're going mexican we're doing a lombre we're drinking jamaica and then we may do you know uh black beans on the side whole beans you know Mm. but they got to be cooked with bacon fat like don't don't Mm. cheat me on my grease i need the grease Mm. like i'm not smoked turkey no give me the ham hock i want pig Grease yeah. cooked in them beans. All right, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today, right now. Okay, all right. I know what I'm having. Well, for lunch. Well, well said, well answered. You're you're teeing up at this at this championship. Maybe it's out in Valhalla. Hmm. You're walking up to the first tee, and you're allowed to pick a song. To get you pumped up before you hit the first drive. What's the song coming out of the speakers? Wow! As I'm making eye contact Again, with Jay Z right behind you. No, right. You know it's gonna be something, home, right? Right. It's, uh, today, 
For some reason, change clothes is in my head. Okay. I want to say change clothes. Pharrell, yes. So smooth. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. That's that's today, right now, as it's whatever time o'clock, change clothes would be what I'm coming out to. Because it's got that little, I'm in a little... I've been to therapy, right? So I don't want yeah. to. I don't want to. I don't want to scare the white people on the first. Day. <laughs> so I need something a little less, a little less twenty one savage, right? And a little more tasteful. So I'm gonna I'm go with change clothes. Jay Z produced by Pharrell. All right, that's on, on the, the playlist. playlist. I'm gonna share it with you. It's on the playlist. Doug Fresh doesn't want to scare the white people with Hove. I love it. There we go. <laughs> Put that on his. You gotta, you gotta easily put it on the gravestone. That's the name of the episode, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right, we got a we got a, a segment on this show that we call "Get a Grip." We are uh, very graciously sponsored by the good people at Red Rooster. They make our favorite golf gloves. Doug, we'll get you one after the show as well. I don't care if you're already repped by by Cabretta leather. You're gonna get some new Cabretta leather from the good folks at Red Rooster. So get a grip. We're gonna give you a full uninterrupted minute. To rant about anything in golf that's grinding your gears right now. Could gotcha. Be anything. Thank you. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin yeah. style. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So uh, the floor is 60 yours. seconds. Yeah. All right. So right now I do have a big issue with the game of golf. I'm a, I'm a sick and tired of this whole lifestyle fashion breed. Look, I, I swing fast. I've been clocked at 134 swing speed with a driver. Woo! Guess what? Lifestyle golf shoes don't fit me. Look, I need shoes with spikes. Look, I am a Nike ambassador, athlete, whatever you want to call it. I do love my brand. They do make shoes with spikes. But the flyest stuff, they don't have spikes in. So thank God for the Jordan 12 because that's all I've really been able to wear because they have spikes. So in this whole lifestyle era that we're in, I am not a guy that's going from the club to the mall to the bar to the what to, from the from the tee box. No, I'm the guy that takes a bag and I'm go to a high level golf course. I'm gonna take a shower when I get out that MF and I'm gonna go eat at the club. I need a whole nother pair of shoes. I don't want shoes that I get confused with my my gym shoes or my other shoes. I don't I don't need that. Look, golf and you lifestyle people, stop it. Just stop. You're limiting what I can do. You're thinking I'm wearing golf clothes everywhere I go, which is true for me, but not a lot of people. I, I need more options, Bradford, and I'm sick of freaking slipping when I'm trying to be fashionable on a golf course. Okay. And you talk about grinding my gears. This has actually pissed me off. I've, this, I'm three days in a row on this rant with friends of mine right now. I need spikes. I want to change my spikes, and damn it, I should be able to wear metal spikes. That is Woo. a broadcast professional, ladies and gentlemen. Douglas, get Bar. a grip. That's how I feel. Bars. That's get how I feel. a grip. Get that's a grip. Grind, that's what grinds wow. my gears. Literally get a grip. You need to get a grip. <laughs> yeah. I need it. I need I need grip. <laughs> you need grip. I need grip. Make some you know, and then the people are like, Won't you put the little uh the twisty spike because they're not built into the frame of the yeah. ship. Yeah, you don't want don't, I need don't structural do support. Don't, do don't buy that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they're a, a bad product, they're just not for right. me. No, it's a low integrity spike if you have to yeah. drill it yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't See, know where you're supposed I need to put the it. spike. I, I need the spike in the foundation. It needs to be built into the I need core it in the, the soul. It needs yeah. to be attached. I need it to have reinforcement mm -hmm. yeah. on that MF yeah. so I don't slide. Yeah. Anyway. I, is there a worse feeling than sliding? Oh, it's terrible. Like slipping? Oh, it's awful. Because then it's, you really, you question all of your decisions that you made the whole day. Should everything. I have worn this shirt? Because I wanted these shoes to match this shirt. Bradford, we don't, half the time, do you wear clothes on the course? I mean, I see. <laughs> Very minimal. Bradford, every time I see yeah. this dude, he got like you a got blowy the, shirt that's the taco like flapping yeah. in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like I the taco like Brad, meat hanging Brad out. Brad has the, <laughs> Thanks, he got the Beyonce wind <laughs> on the range. He's floating. I, I He's saw him flowing. in a cheetah a cheetah print, a cheetah print green shirt on the course. Just and, and the bitch was opened up down here. Just yeah. titty, just everything out. Yeah. I was like, God damn, I, this is golf fashion. Like I Marvin Gaye on the first tee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Oh, I love you, Brad. Um, <laughs> that's high praise. I accept it humbly. I. I um yeah, because I, I saw you tweet this the other day, and I I replied to Me, you. I, I don't tweet. That's one thing I have rarely rare. If I tweet, that means I want to be heard. Yeah, you, you have something to get 70 off. Seventy Twitter followers. Yeah, you, you had an issue to get yes. off, and it was about this topic. Yeah, and yeah. um, I realized yeah, that I'm, I'm I'm angry. I can tell my my response. I re I realized would have put you in breach of contract. So. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw your response. Yeah, I, you I, that's why me. I wasn't posting the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to fall yeah, back. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a that's a righteous righteous gripe. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, we used to call it a righteous it's, wine, but it's not a wine. It's legitimate. It's you know, one thirty four mm-hmm. is nothing to you, you blink and you miss it. That's it. You can't you can't be wearing Jordan one lows swinging one thirty four. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how how like tour players wear those shoes or n- not just not just Nike, just any brand that doesn't have. Yeah, there's tour players out here in spikeless shoes. How do they do it? You need the like clickety clacks. I mean, that's a big man. It's a big boy. How's he? He plays in spikeless shoes. He plays in vans. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays in. John, he plays in hospital shoes. John plays spikeless. Jason Day plays spikeless. How? Um, Tony Finau, who has plenty of speed, plays. Right. But Tony really. Plenty. But they're all heavier than me. Like I'm not saying they're big. They're like I don't weigh what they. I don't have what they like, have. Like, I'm saying. jumping like gravity. They're like floating away. <laughs> I yeah. use the ground. Like I, they, they, they have the God-given ability to twist and torque. I'm, I'm, I am jumping. I'm, I am a cross between Lexi and Justin in my golf swing. Mm. So you take I am jumping out, out yeah. the ground. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Boom. Right. So we need, need all, give me all the spikes. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like that question. Thank, thank you for letting me get that out. I didn't know where I was going to be able to get that yeah. out. You aired that out. I'm the opposite. I, I'm built like a traffic cone, so I have I I don't need the spikes <laughs> because I'm st- there's nothing my from the waist down I'm like mercury I'm a heavy element. So <laughs> ain't going nowhere. I'm, just, I'm staying rooted. I'm not going anywhere. I'm like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. You said it. I didn't. I didn't. Have, no shade. There's there no shade there. <laughs> what is the time on the course that you've laughed the absolute hardest? <laughs> All right, uh, the last time I really like like was in stitches on a golf course I was playing with uh, Aaron Hicks, Cheyenne Woods, and Joe Hicks. I had a birthday party and I invited course out to uh, Talking Rock and Jay Frank. They gave me like the course for my birthday. It was I don't know why they did Whoa. that. I mean, they even opened up the bar. Like they let us have open bar at the course. The, everything was was. I brought four groups to this private country club in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> And everybody's feeling good, right? Even Martin Chuck was there. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Shout out to Martin Chuck. There's rocks everywhere, right? It's Arizona golf. And and Joe Hicks, <laughs> he hits a shot. You know how sometimes the tee boxes can be a little domed or elevated mm. out in the desert mm. where they want you to hit over the, the visual features right. of the desert? So there's like a boulder like just in front of the tee box that's about eight inches off the ground. And Joe like tops it and the, the ball hits this rock in front of him, but he hit it. The ball was 50 yards behind him. Mm-hmm. Like he hit a drive of negative 50 negative yards. 50. <laughs> it was hysterical. Like it was the funniest shit I've ever seen on a golf course. And if you ask Cheyenne or Aaron about it, they'll laugh with you, man. And oh that was, my God. Even Joe laughed. It was the funniest thing. Anytime you get to play with Joe, Joe Hicks, uh, so you got to be intentional when you say Joe Hicks because it's very easy to say Joe Hooks. Right, right. Uh, uh, but but Hicks, man, that that, <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. Negative One. fifty. Because he because he's doing this, Bradford. He's doing this. Yeah, where are you like, looking, looking, Joe? The ball. Where is it? <laughs> and everybody else was like this. Right. You looking the wrong way, Joe. <laughs> I mean, he, he's lucky nobody got it's, hit. It's, it's also one been. of those things where it's like you, you had to be there. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's objectively <laughs> hilarious, though. But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure if you were no, there, golly. Matter of fact, and the thing is, Cheyenne actually captured said shot on on video. So I, there's proof of this. We're gonna shot. need that. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta find it. I'll ask her and see if I can get it. That 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 was funny. <laughs> Damn, that's so funny. Shout out to Joe Hicks. <laughs> not, not Joe Hooks. Um, right. Shout out to shout not Joe, Joe Hooks. Hooks. <laughs> I'll shout him out since y'all be in here. Joe Hooks would have never, Joe, like, Joe Hooks like never Joe topped shit. it. Yeah. He, he would have never topped it. He would have never I'll topped it. I'll shout Joe out. Nah. Damn. Nah, yeah. He would have never yeah. topped it. Joe, Joe's, he's past those days. Unless he had like a rough day in the gym or something. Right. I've done mm. that. Did that in college. I actually topped the ball off the tee in college. It was tricep day, and mm. I couldn't pull my phone. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and my teammates looked at me like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Bro, I, I, I have no, I have no arms." Yeah. 
I, I can't. I could not. Pl- it took me ten holes to like place the club. I oh, shot like God. ten over on the front nine. Oh God, it was bad. It was a bad day. Very bad. Oh, Ask James Petty about that. <laughs> Doug, this was this was fun. You made us laugh. You made us think. Um, hopefully for our listeners, I cried. Mm-hmm. Connor cried. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. Hope, uh, hopefully for our listeners, we got got a chance to reflect and heal and think. And I I just appreciate you, Doug. You like you've you've meant a lot to me for a long time, and That's kind we've of. we've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. So I'm glad we finally made it happen. Appreciate your time. And you know, and I've wanted to be on the couch for a long time. Yeah, just, it, let me also put that. Yeah, out. it's not one way. Yeah, because yeah. I was kind of mad. Like they ain't really asked me to be on the show. Yeah, oh. I see how it is. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we knew what time it was, man. I, um, I, was, no, I, did, I, I used it as ammo. I had, I knew I had to get my stock up, so that was like <laughs> to get on this <laughs> show was my motivation. It's in, the final hill in, to climb via the nine to fives. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, Bradford for the first time, and Connor and, and Drew, I, I'm gonna leave this couch thinking I made it. Mm. I am. I, I, it's, mm. I made it to, to GGT. Yeah. Look, mom, I'm here. Well, it's a pleasure to have the you. Proud new owner of a Red Rooster glove, and maybe even a, a GGT hat, maybe even a candle. Who knows? You're gonna get <gasps> sent away with some things. That's, you get a candle. That's, that's more, you get a candle. More than needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Love y'all boys. I love you right back. Mm.